Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny.
to Fire Talk Radio. I'm really glad you joined me tonight. I'm really excited about the special guest that I have this evening, and his name is Landon Spradlin. He's a pastor who God has released into full-time evangelical ministry. In 1987, he founded New Wave Ministries International, and it is his passion to release the glory of God through the music of Christian blues and the word in the streets of the world and be a light in the darkness. So I'm really, really excited to have him here. And he is the gentleman that you just heard singing those awesome Christian blues. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is Landon Spradlin. I'm really, really glad you joined us tonight. Landon, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Well, here I'm glad to be here. So many people. Oh, I'm glad that you're here. Um, I, uh, I first uh, heard Landon a couple of days ago at the winter camp meeting, or uh, yeah, winter camp meeting that we had at the church, and got to listen and very such a blessing. How did how did you get saved, by the way? Well, I was raised in a a Baptist home. My dad, my brother, and I were both born in New Orleans while my dad was going to seminary there, and. Uh, so we were raised in a Christian home. You know, I knew, I knew from my mom and dad's example what it meant to, you know, to serve the Lord and to, to walk with the Lord. And uh, I don't know if it was being in the womb in New Orleans or what, but, you know, music really got in my in my heart. Uh I had my first ukulele when I was six years old, and then I graduated to a guitar when I was eight years old. And, uh, you know, we're learning all kinds of songs. And as a young boy, uh, one of the people that really, you know, sort of captured me was, uh, was Elvis Presley. And uh, so I I learned a bunch of Elvis Presley and Little Richard and Ricky Nelson songs and used to play for my mom's friends or whatever from time to time. And uh, then when I was about 12, the Beatles came and uh, that that changed everything. It, It was a complete game changer. And uh, so within a matter of a month, I was in my first band, and uh, there were little bands springing up all over the country. And uh, I was in my first band. The thing is, there was a conflict, and here was the conflict. I had this gift that God had put in me that was crying out for expression, but there was no room or no place at all in the church for what was inside of me. <clears throat> and I'm not blaming the church. It's just, that's just where the way it was at the time. And so uh, having this thing inside of me that, that wanted to express 
but not having a place, you know, well, the world was more than happy to receive that expression. And uh, plus, with the 60s and, and, and everything that was happening, there was a, that people don't realize, but there was just a total onslaught uh, from the enemy on, on you know, young people at that time and and many uh, kids from good families got swept away in in drug addiction and just the whole thrust of the 60s and uh, I was I was in that number as well you know uh, I ended up by the time I got out of high school I was doing drugs on a regular basis you know smoking pot doing all kinds of chemicals, LSD and, uh, you know, heroin and cocaine and crystal meth. and So it began a, a real downward spiral. <clears throat> and uh, I was probably really totally uh, swept away in that lifestyle for for eight years and, uh, you know, really saw no light at the end of the tunnel or or hope of ever getting out of it. But I would always remember where I'd come from and I would always remember how I'd been raised. And I, I never, I never didn't believe in God. I just wasn't walking with him. And, uh, I went off to the Air Force during that time for a couple of years, and uh, I had my first encounter with the Lord when I was in the Air Force. I had been uh, pondering the thought of having purpose. Now, that may not sound, that may sound just totally elementary, but, you know, I had no purpose up at that point other than to just see how high I could get and how many women I could have. And so, you know, I was starting to seriously ponder and meditate on maybe I need a purpose, maybe I need a goal, maybe I need some, you know, a reason to get up in the morning. And uh, I was really earnestly uh, thinking about that. <clears throat> and so one night I went to sleep. I was living off base, uh, off the Air Force base with three or four of the Air Force guys. And I was asleep. We were in upstate New York, about 15 miles from the Canadian border. And uh, I woke up about three o'clock in the morning, just wide awake. And uh, a voice was speaking to me saying, go downstairs and turn on the radio. Go downstairs and turn on the radio. And so I finally, I got up and went downstairs and turned on the radio, and the radio, you know, was hooked to our stereo system, and it was on a rock station out of Montreal that we kept it on that station. So you turn the radio on, it automatically would come on that station. And so... Uh, as I sat there, I'm kind of like going, well, what in the world 
Am I doing up? Why did I come down here? What's going on? And there was a song by Eric Clapton and Steve Winwood called In the Presence of the Lord. That was off of a Blind Faith album they did, and uh, I was familiar with that song. And then the next song was Jesus is Just All Right by the Doobie Brothers. So that song played. and I'm just sitting there listening, and then another song came on <clears throat> that I'd never heard before. But it had Jesus as a theme. Now, I found out later that that station had a born-again, spirit-filled DJ that would uh, come on at nights, and he would slip in uh, music from the Jesus people uh, movement, and uh, you know, which was like the pioneers of Christian rock, and he would slip that in, uh, you know, to try to subvert what was going on at the station. And so I sat there, and I, there one song I wasn't familiar with, then another one I wasn't familiar with, then a third one I wasn't familiar with came on. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I go, in my mind, I went, hey, wait a minute. All these songs are about Jesus. When I had that thought, the glory of God filled up that room, and God spoke to me and said, you want to know what to do with your life? Do this. And it was very evident to me that God was talking to me. Now, I had been in a little trouble in the Air Force, and I didn't want to tell anybody, because if I went into work next day and told everybody God was talking to me, they would put me under the mental institution, put me in and throw away the key. I'd never get out. So I'm just... Like Mary, I kept these things and pondered them in my heart. Well, within two weeks' time, the doors opened up for me to get out of the Air Force two years early with a full honorable discharge and full benefits. And uh, I knew it was the hand of the Lord at work. And uh, so that happened. I got out of the Air Force. The first person I met on the first job I had in Virginia was a bass player at a spirit-filled church uh, in our area in Virginia. And uh, I knew God was leading me, but I, I and I wish I could say I just jumped God's bandwagon right then, but I didn't because I, I really still had not committed myself to the Lord. So the Lord continued to deal with me uh, for the next three and a half years. And uh, I got into to drugs heavier. Uh, I had a couple of relationships where, where I was completely heartbroken and, you know, not able to get over it. And I ended up down in Virginia Beach, Virginia, playing in a band down there. And it was in January of 1980. We had just finished playing a gig. And I went up to my room, and I was getting ready to go to bed, and I looked on my bedside table, and I grabbed a Guidepost magazine. Now, it did not matter where I was or what I was doing. I, I could be living in the middle of hell, and my mother would send me these little care packages with these Guidepost magazines in them. <clears throat> and so... 
I read this guidepost magazine, just read two or three stories before, before I went to bed. And, uh, you know, each one of the stories was pretty much the same in that somebody would be living their life and they would enter some kind of problem or conflict or, you know, crisis. And then God would intervene in that crisis and and bring resolution and, and deliverance and restoration. So after about the third story, I had another thought. Just like I did in New York, I had the thought was, and the thought was this, you know, God is good. And when I had that thought, immediately the glory of God filled up that room, just like it had in New York. And he spoke to me and he called me by name. And he said, Landon, I love you. And now I'm thinking to myself, hey, I think he's got the wrong guy. I'm a drug addict, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a liar, I'm a cheat, I'm a thief, I'm a whoremonger, I'm going through all these things in my head that that I am and, and why he shouldn't love me. And I'm getting ready to tell him, I'm getting ready to tell God, you know, I think you got the wrong guy. Before I could speak, he spoke to me again, and he said, I know what you are, but I love you anyway. And when he said that, it was like an arrow pierced my heart. And I hit my knees and I raised my hands and I said, you got me. I said, if this is who you are, then you're what I've been looking for. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be what you want me to be. And I began that night a relationship a supernatural relationship with the living God. And I'll have to say, uh, at most of the major crossroads of my life since 1980, I have had those kind of encounters with the Lord. With rare exception, I can point to every crossroads of my life, and I can say, at this time, at this place, on this date, the, the Lord appeared unto me saying, and he has been faithful to lead me supernaturally. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, there's times where I've made decisions and weighed things out and just gone, and it's been the Lord working in me. But any really big stuff, big moves, he's been there with 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 rare exception to lead me and guide me supernaturally. Well, two weeks later, he led me to a church in Virginia Beach called Rock Church. John and Ann Jimenez were the pastors. And John Jimenez had been a heroin addict and a gang member in New York City back in the 50s and 60s. And uh, so, you know, he was somebody that somebody like me could really relate to. And shoot, there were about 3,000, 3,500 members back then on so every race, kindred, tongue, and tribe. It was amazing. And 50 people getting saved every service. You know, it, it was just a real move of God going on. And uh, that was a good place to go from the world because they understood it, and uh, they were all about ministry. They were all about evangelism. 
So, you know, it wasn't long before I was going out on the street and in teams and, you know, it was just just a great place to grow up and a great place to come into the church out of the world. Amen. Amen to that. I tell you, I was thinking about... I was thinking about all of what you said and how how God will he will seek us out and make himself known to us and he really does love us even in our mess, even in our our things that we're going through and you know, it talks about that in the book of Amos as well a lot and um in uh, I mean in yes. Hosea, the book of Hosea. And he's talking about uh, you know, forever married to the backslider and when he told him to marry a prostitute mm-hmm. And it's just an example yes. of God's love and forgiveness and grace, and because He knows what we're going through, He knows what we need, and He knows what will what will uh, bring us to Him. And because you know the goodness That's of God exactly leads right. to repentance, and He is so good. Because for Him to well, sit you know, there and I, say, I, "I mean, I got yeah." Go ahead. I came in on the goodness. You know, some people may come in on the hellfire and brimstone, but I came in. To, I came to God. Because of his goodness, that that's that's what touched me, and uh, you know after I went to Rock Church, I mean the first service, the, you know they would bring people down and they take you right to the baptismal tank right then. So you know I was delivered from years of drug addiction, alcoholism, uh, you know uh, perversion and bondage, and just wham, you know it was a slam dunk, and filled with the Holy Ghost. So uh, it was. Uh, it was a divine setup. And, you know, I, I didn't find God. God found me. You know, I, I was I, I was looking for him, but I didn't know I was looking for him. But he absolutely came looking for me. He initiated it. And uh, I am so grateful that he did. Uh, he's just it, it's so beautiful. I was sitting here, I was getting kind of you know, teary-eyed and, and felt the love of God when you were sharing about how, you know, you said, but don't you know what I am? I'm a whoremonger. I'm an addict. I'm, I'm this and that. He goes, but I know who you are, and I love you anyway. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. Well, that's what got me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really beautiful. I think about how, you know, we all have that God-sized hole in us that we're trying to fill with, whether it's drugs or relationships or just whatever that might be. And uh, yes. nothing can fill that God-sized hole but God. He's the only one that can can uh, fill that. And there's absolutely no high like the Holy Ghost high, that's for sure. <laughs> no high. <laughs> and, yeah, amen. And, and thank God for your mom. I'm sure she was praying for you. Thank goodness for mom's prayer and her care packages. Because I'm sure that, yep, that had a lot to do with you getting saved. Would follow me everywhere I went. I could be living in wow. the middle of hell, and I'd get one of those packages. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. She's like, I'm not going to give up on him. I'm going to keep praying and sending him care packages. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I got to spend, you know, my father and I had a very strained relationship. But, you know, after I got saved, the the strain was gone and the wall was gone, and uh we were able to enjoy a number of years together. You know, he he passed away in '96, but uh, you know, the last ten or fifteen years were were really, uh, really nice. 
So oh, God restores. He doesn't good. just save you. He restores things, you know. Wow. And your father got to see you and, and you know, and having a sober life, a godly life, and got to have a relationship with him. That's beautiful. Amen. He, he, uh, he's in heaven now, but, uh, he got to see me get married and have kids Um, and my brother as well. It was interesting. My brother was living with his girlfriend and the sound man. And I, I moved out of the house because all the, the whole band was living in an apartment together, the band and all the girlfriends. And uh, so I, I moved out of the house. I, I would get up every – I didn't have a car at the time. So I would get up in the morning and I would hitchhike to Rock Church because I knew I needed to be around Christians. And so I would go there and help sweep the floor and, you know, paint or what, whatever was going on. I would just show up to help just so uh, I could be around that strength. And – uh then the Lord opened up a door for me to move in with some guys that went to the church. And, uh, you know, I knew I couldn't say anything to my brother because he just wouldn't, it wouldn't work. He knew me too well. And uh, a, about a month after I had gotten saved, I was had a, uh, an afternoon with my brother and some of my friends, and I had bought a book. Uh, called The Will of God by Leslie Weatherhead. And the Lord had me give him that book. Well, a week went by, and they were having this special music uh, at the church, and it's like a Saturday night coffee house. And I invited him. He came, the sound man came, and his girlfriend came. And I, next Sunday, the Sunday after, that was on a Saturday night, the following day, they came to church. And that Sunday, all three of them came to the Lord. And uh, my brother's been with the Lord. and his, He ended up marrying his girlfriend. And, you know, and now they got five kids. And, you know, so it was a, it was a, it was a win, win, win all the way down the line. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Definitely, that's awesome how our other people can be influenced by us and, and our walk with the Lord or, or not walking with the Lord and, you know, just living example and testimony, and then they sure. end up getting saved too. Uh, about six months after uh, he came in, we the Lord directed us, and we started a band with my brother. My My brother plays bass. I play guitar, and another friend, the guy I was living with, played drums. And we started a band, and the Lord gave us a download, a, a whole download of all these songs. And uh, uh, so we would go into prisons and jails and detention homes and mental institutions and, and high schools. Wherever God opened the door, we uh, we would go. And we saw, we would go in with a team. You know, it wasn't just us going in. We were going in with a a rock church outreach team. And uh, shoot, in a three-year period, we literally saw hundreds, hundreds come to the Lord. 
I think that's that's great. You know, using your using your gift and because uh, at the beginning of you, of you talking, you had said how um, back in the day how your gift really wasn't used in the church because back then it was kind of I guess sometimes they look at it like devil music or something like that in the church. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah. Yeah, they didn't really well, want to play that. And just, I've always yeah. we've always been kind of pushing the envelope. Uh, uh-huh. So you know, even after. Uh, the Lord using us and so forth. There were many times where what we were doing was sort of challenged by the spiritual city hall. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) But uh, the Lord... And then I think it's great, though. I mean, you know, there was a time when, unfortunately, you couldn't play, uh, you couldn't use your gift in, in the church setting. But then now, yeah. this past oh, yeah. week, you were able to you were able to use your gift to reach Absolutely. people all over the world at the co- at the conference. Yeah, and well, people were blessed by uh, it, and we've come a long way, baby. <laughs> the church has come Definitely. a long way since the eighties. Right, I think it's I think it's awesome the, the way that 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 can be used as uh, for the glory of God because He's the one that gave you that gift. Absolutely. We use our gifts for the kingdom. You know, unfortunately, people have that gift that God's given them, but then they they end up, you know, the devil uses it for his his glory and uh, perverts it. Yes. But thankfully, the Lord uh, uses that and turns it around for his glory and, and to reach, yes, like he you does. said, hundreds of people yes, with does. the gospel and, and salvation. Well, I remember... And that's uh, a beautiful thing. I, we were pastoring here in Virginia years ago, and um, there's a a motorcycle club in the area called the Scorpions. Now, they're they're like, that's a real motorcycle gang, you know. I mean, it's like right up there with everybody, with, you know, uh, the Outlaws or the Hells Angels or, you know, and and I'm sure every chapter is different, but they, they got guys in there that are just as, as, you know, out there is some of the Hell's Angels. Well, they have a toy run around here. Every around Thanksgiving every year, they they'll meet at a you know local bar and uh, have a bunch of bands and gather toys, collect toys for kids for Christmas that you know are from poor families or whatever. And uh, we would always be asked to play there. And uh, so I'd always put a band together, and we'd do, you know, do our do the Christian blues thing. And invariably, uh, when we would start playing, it was a supernatural draw. All the other bands were playing, and people were playing pool and drinking beer and doing their thing. But when we would start playing, everybody would put their stuff down and just, it would be like a magnet. Uh, just a, a a a sea of black leather, you know, just gravitating towards the stage, and uh, you know, it didn't pull any punches between songs. Uh, I told them the gospel and said, you know, a lot of you are looking for uh, your fulfillment in a can of Budweiser, but that's not going to do it. You know, only Jesus can do it, and we had tremendous response, and not just that, we had tremendous respect amongst the whole biker uh, 
group around there, and it was just it was just the grace of God, just supernatural. You not something you can produce on your own. And I really believe God's wanting to to replicate and to to you know to uh, duplicate stuff like that all over. You know, whatever your gifting is, you know, your your gift may not be to to play the blues. It may be something totally different. But there's God wants to use that gift to to enter into a world that nobody else can enter into except somebody flowing in that gift and and use it for his glory. You know, uh, we did this album, No More Blue Mondays, back in 95 in Brighton Beach, England. And the way that whole thing came about was totally supernatural. I was, I had met a producer who lived in Canada and he had heard my music and had wanted to do a CD, but I didn't really have any money. And uh, so I was just kind of waiting around to see what was going to happen. And we were headed back, my wife and our five kids were headed back from California my her her people live in California, so we'd gone there for Christmas, and we were headed back. It was it was just it may have even been January the first. It was right after the New Year, and um, we stopped at a truck stop in Abilene because she had a brother that lived in Abilene, and we were going to spend the night there. And we were calling them from the truck stop to kind of let them know where we were and how far out we were and so forth. And my brother-in-law said, you've got to take this number down. He said, these people have been calling here from Canada all day long. And so I I called them at the truck stop. We didn't have cell phones back then. We we used little calling cards and pay phones. And uh, I called the guy from Canada and he said that somebody in Germany had agreed to fund the album and that they were sending me a ticket to London, England, and that we were going to record an album. And Eric Clapton's bass player and Eric Clapton's drummer were going to be part of the band. And uh, so I, I had absolutely nothing to do with this. It was all a sovereign uh intervention of God that brought this about. And uh, so we went there. We were in the midst of recording. One of the guys that was there, uh, he was there to be the engineer for the album, you know, to run the machinery, the equipment. And uh, he had been saved six months prior to that uh, recording at the move of God that was happening in Toronto. And he had all kinds of questions about the move of God, the flow of the anointing, you know, and and he was asking me all these questions. And I was answering him, but it was like there was such an anointing on me because he was pulling on the Holy Ghost on the inside of me and the Word of God on the inside of me. I was saying to myself, man, I wish I could quit talking and start taking notes here. Man, this this is some good stuff. 
And I say that to give glory to God. In other words, I was I was talking way beyond my own ability. And I made the statement, we were in our room, uh, the lights were off, the only light we had in the room was coming in from the street light outside. And I made the statement, I said, sometimes the anointing can manifest in a visible mist. When I said that, he shot up from his bed and pointed over behind my bed and said, look. And I turned around and looked, and a mist began to roll in the room. It rolled in the room and ended up completely covering the entire room. And once it filled the room, it began to get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. You you could you could read a Bible in the light of that glory that was in the room. That glory was on us for five and a half hours. During that time, the Lord spoke to me three times, and he said, what I'm going to do with you in music has never been done before. He told me that three times. After he said that the third time, I went off into visions, and I probably had 30 visions for a couple of for probably a couple of hours. I just had one vision after the other after the other. And I saw concerts being held in every imaginable concert venue you could you could conceive. Uh, I saw am- outdoor amphitheaters. I saw concert halls. I saw city parks. I saw soccer stadiums. I saw uh, some places where it was just a valley in between two mountains with a like a big festival, outdoor festival. I was seeing all these venues. But what I was seeing in these venues was this, that there were bands that God had put together by the Holy Ghost. And the, these masses of people had come to hear these bands. And the band would get a certain point in the concert where they were no longer playing but the Holy Ghost was playing the band like a puppeteer to a marionette and at that point the same glory that was in the room with us I saw was being generated from that concert out from the the epicenter of the concert in all directions until it covered entire regions. And it covered entire regions and remained. And the thing about it is, it wasn't the words that were being sung that was releasing that. It was the notes. It was the notes that was releasing it. God was speaking to humanity on a level higher than language. And then I had a number of visions where I would be floating through cobblestone streets and that glory was everywhere in the in the little towns and villages and cities. And lights were coming on on the fifth floor, on the second floor, on the third floor, on the bottom floor. And and People were crying out to God. 
you know, Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, save my soul. Jesus, come into my life. Have mercy on me. You know, just one after another, crying out to God. In essence, what happened? Those entire regions were swept into the kingdom of God under that that covering of the glory. Entire regions. I mean, tens of thousands just coming in. Bam, 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 bam. And it wasn't a church. It wasn't, uh, you know, uh, an evangelistic outreach. And, I mean, I love the church, and I do evangelistic outreaches. But this was on a level higher than that. This was just the, this was entire regions being swept into the kingdom because of the sovereign visitation of the glory of God. Now, that was 1995 I had that vision. I had that, not just the vision, I had that encounter, that five-and-a-half-hour encounter. And I know in my heart that that's why I'm still breathing air and taking up space because I'm going to be part of that. I'm not, it wasn't like I was the guy. It was like this is something God was doing and I was part of it. I was involved in it along with many others. And that's not the kind of thing I can get up and say, well, I think I'll do that today. You know, that's such a sovereign thing that only, only God can do it. But I know that as we just keep pressing forward and keep paying attention and keep uh, keep our hearts open. Oh, and another thing that happened, when those regions were swept into the kingdom of God and tens of thousands just sovereignly came into the kingdom, there were hundreds of little churches that started springing up like popcorn. There were pastors that had been uh, on the sideline waiting for this to happen, and then God raised them up to uh, maintain and to steward the harvest. So it was the entire thing. They, they've been waiting all these years, just like I've been waiting for, you know, for the glory to be poured out in these concerts and sweep in entire regions. They were waiting, but they knew it was going to happen, and God had already prepared um, a sheep shed for for those coming in. So quite amazing. And the thing about it is I knew in my spirit uh, as I was having the visions that, that this was Europe, and I believe Europe is going to be swept into the kingdom of God through a sovereign visitation of the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, that's exciting. It really is exciting. Europe going to be saved by visitation. That's beautiful. And, you know, I had two different people give me CDs. Uh, one was a teaching. I, I forget where the one. One was from the, the movie that was happening in Toronto. And I forget who the other one was. But both of those were like prophetic teachers and they were teaching exactly what I had seen in the vision. You know, so it was a real confirmation to me that I was I was hearing from God. Yeah, it's good to get confirmation about that and how they were teaching exactly what you saw. It's, uh, that's amazing how God just he confirms everything, and he showed you all of that before yes, it even it came to pass. That's beautiful. Yes. 
I was uh, thinking about when you were playing at the church this past week, and uh, I thought about King David and when he played for Saul, you know, because of Saul's disobedience, the Spirit of the Lord was, yes. was taken from him, you know, departed from him, and then it opened the door for the, the evil spirit to come and torment him. And and it talks about in, in 1 Samuel 16, you can read the whole story later in um, uh uh, verses 14 through 23 and 1 Samuel 16, 20, uh, yes. 14 through 23. And it talks about how, you know, having him go find somebody that was anointed, basically anointed of the Lord that would play. And then they found David. And then when David played, the, the evil spirit left him because his music was so anointed that the, yes. the devil could not stand to minister in that environment. Yeah. So it had to leave him. Couldn't take the pressure. <laughs> right, right, and I, I thought about that, and I was, I thought about how when you play, you know, it just is such anointing, and I thought about, I thought about David and Saul, and what it must have been like for Saul to have that relief uh, when David played for him, and yes. he could actually, but obviously when he stopped playing, you know, the evil spirit came back, and it makes me think about right. that scripture in the Bible where it talks about um, when they were saying. You know, when they were worshiping and, and how uh, the priest could not stand to minister because of the, you know, because of the cloud, the glory of the Lord and his anointing. Yes, yes. And, you know, devils are ministers. They minister in a bad way, the evil spirits, but they can't, you know, if if the priests and that are of God can't stand to minister, neither can the evil stand to minister in that anointing, and they have to flee. Exactly. And well, you have you that know, kind of uh, anointing. Too. And it really, it really shows up strong. It's like the darker the place I go, the greater it shows up. You know, when we go into prisons, there is such a deliverance power that's released. Uh, you know, I, 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 people are delivered just right in the midst of the of the songs and. Uh, you know, I I think, like, when we're getting ready to go to New Orleans. I'm taking a team of nine people, and a lot of them are musicians, and we're getting ready to go to New Orleans and basically be street musicians for five or six days. But we're going we're gonna to be playing, uh, you know, prophetic, prophetic worship and uh, spontaneous worship. Worship, just spontaneous response to the Holy Ghost. We'll start out with a blues song or, you know, an old standard. And then as the Lord, as we move into it, we're going to just go right into the prophetic. And uh, as we do that, what happens is we create a glory zone. You know, and people will be in the Mardi Gras, and, and, and that glory zone has has specific parameters and uh you, you know as people are walking down the street they'll step into that and uh it'll affect them you know they'll, and last year we would do that actually last year i was there by myself and uh i remember one day i, I played for six hours and uh five and a half six hours you know so just but it was like I played five minutes because we were so in, so lost in the glory. But people would stop, you know, say thirty or forty people at a time would stop, and they were really 
like arrested by the Holy Ghost. And it's like the Holy Ghost is, you know, smack them around for 10 minutes or so, you know, singing right into their hearts. And then it would kind of lift and they would move on. And uh, then another crop would come another 10 or 15 minutes later, you know. And uh, every single person that I uh, connected with on a personal level, like, you know, I was connecting with, with 30 or 40 people just through the music. But, they were, you know, out of that, people, you know, they would be the ones and the twos that would come and actually engage me uh, on a personal level. Every single person that engaged me on a personal level, uh, I would say, well, would it be okay if I have a little word of prayer with you? And they would let me. And every one of them God gave me a prophetic word for. And uh, so they came down there to prophesy and ended up, I mean, they came down there to party and ended up getting the word of the Lord and would leave there just with tears in their eyes, you know, because of the love of God. And uh, now we're taking a team of nine, so I I think this year it's going to be exponentially greater. That's beautiful. Again, it reminds me of uh, David when he played for Saul and how he, you know, he played to his heart, and then then the the devil, the evil spirit had to leave, so, and then when that evil spirit's gone, then you can really get ministered to as well. Exactly. I like that. Glory. What did you call it? The glory zone? Yeah, it's a glory <laughs> zone, you know. I like that. And, yeah, I mean, that's like, true. Once you cross over this particular block, <laughs> there it is, <laughs> you know. Wow. And, uh, so we're going to have people that can sort of be on the perimeter, too, interceding and praying and kind of paying attention to the crowd. And as the Lord leads them, they can come up and engage people as you know that, that God's moving on and and give them a word of the Lord. I am real I really yearn to see God's people prophetic and and you know the gifts of the spirit and take it out to the street. That's really something that's on my heart. Um because you know God will give you a word. I I remember there there's this one young lady uh She's a singer-songwriter in New Orleans. And I had gone to hear her play one time. Now, sitting in a bar, listening to this young lady play, and uh, she was on break, and she was talking to this friend at the next table, and she was crying. She'd had a bad experience with a club owner the night before in another club down the street. You know, she was... She was crying because she worked really hard, and you know. And so I'm listening to her pour out her woes to this guy at the table, and I said, "Lord, surely you've got something to say about this." And uh, God gave me a word for. Her. And I, 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 I was at the table right next to where she was. I said, "Listen, I couldn't help but overhear what you were saying," and. Uh, I asked the Lord if he had something to say about it. And the Lord's got a word to say to you concerning this whole situation. Now, I'd been praying for this girl for over 11 years, but she didn't even know who I am. And I told her, I said, the Lord spoke to me that he's getting ready to open major doors for you and that he's going to put you in a realm where this kind of petty stuff is not even going to exist. 
He's going to put you in a realm where there's going to be great favor and great blessing, and you're not going to have to deal with this kind of stuff. She got up from her table and almost knocked me down, giving me a hug, a huge bear hug. And she was crying, and she said, oh, thank you so much. She said, those words healed my heart. Well, that's been about three or four years ago, and now every time I see her, she just lights up like a light bulb. And it's all because of the and the Lord already, and I said, and listen, and when these things begin to happen, realize it's because God loves you. That's why he's doing that, just to show you that he loves you. And uh, I talked to her last year, and she said, hey, if you get something going down here, let me know. I'm ready to sing for the Lord. You know, which, that is such a 180 from where she used to be. But it all happened because I gave her the word of the Lord. Wow, that's so beautiful, because what she was going through, and then the Lord speaks to her through you and encourages her. And now and she's see, a completely different is, person. He's like that with everybody. You know, if, even if you're in a situation that you put yourself in, you know, your own stupidity may have put you in the situation you're in. But God hadn't washed his hands and said, well, they did it themselves, you know, too bad. Just let it. No, he cares. He cares. And he wants to give you a way through and a way out. And he cares. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how you got there, wherever you are and however you got there. The answer is God. The answer is Jesus. And he will be there. If you just call, Jeremiah 30, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things you know not of. He's so good. He really is. He's just so, 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 so good. God is how he ministers to people and prophesies, and we just call to him, and he knows everything. He's just waiting for us to call. He's yeah, waiting for us to, exactly to right. reach out to him because he knows what I we're going through. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for someone that's got a heart perfect towards him that he might show himself strong on their behalf. It's powerful. There was a girl uh, last year, my first day out uh, uh, on on the streets at Mardi Gras, uh, and she was from Boston, and uh, her plane, had, her flight had been canceled uh, for that morning, so she, you know, rode back down to the French Quarter, she was going to catch an evening flight back to Boston. And um, she came up to me after I, I – it was really the first prophetic song I sang um, when I was in the street last year. And, I mean, I don't even it – was, it was powerful. I mean, I was – I could hardly even sit on the stool, you know. Uh, it, the, the glory was just so strong. And I finished that, and uh, she said, boy, I felt that. I said, well, yeah, I did too. And come to find out, you know, she had had uh, her plane had been canceled and she'd come back down there. Well, she said, you know, I'm a songwriter and I haven't written anything in six years. And she said, I came down here to New Orleans hoping that I could get inspired because it's a very art 
artistic community down there. A lot of art all over the place uh, of all kinds. And uh, sculptor, photography, painting, you know, just whatever. Fill in the blank, it's there. And uh, she said, I was hoping I could get inspired. So we talked a few minutes. And then I said, would it be okay if I had a word of prayer for you? And she said, sure. So she grabbed my hand. I began to pray. And I began to call on God for God to release within her a creative fountain from heaven. And as I began to pray, then I began to prophesy. Well, she was just shaking and weeping. And, uh, you know, as I was praying, the Lord was saying, it never even entered into her mind to ask God to, you know, unleash inspiration within her. But uh, as I was praying and then I began to prophesy, by the time I got to the end of it, she was shaking under the power of God and weeping. And she looked at me and she said, I'll never be the same again. Now, this is somebody that probably maybe didn't even know the Lord. And uh, she said, well, I got to go catch my plane. And I said, well, God bless you, and I'll keep you in my prayers. So I don't know what happened to that girl, but I do know this. Something major <laughs> happened to her that day. And I guarantee you there are songs that have been coming forth from her that are beyond her. So it's just interesting to, uh, and you know, I believe this year it's going to be just exponentially multiplied because I'm not going by myself now. I'm going with a bunch of different guys that are great musicians and, and know how to flow in the word of the Lord. So uh, I think we're going to see some real significant fruit this year. That's amazing how God just t- he canceled her flight just so she could be there. Isn't that something? I thought that That's just amazing. Just so well, she could come down. Yeah, just well, so she could come down and get touched. Well, see, only God knows what we need, and he'll move heaven and earth so that we can have it. Yes, he will. That's how, yes, he will. How much we mean to him, that's how special we are to him. And And because of his great love, once we come into relationship with him, we get to be part of it. I mean, God could do all this stuff without us. You know, it's not like that. But he allows us to be part of it. He allows us to, you know, step in uh, and and be an extension of grace uh, in the earth. And it's just a blessing. It truly is a blessing. And now he really can do it without us, but he chooses to... Jesus to have us help him and to to do it through us. Yeah. That he actually needs us, too. Yes, he does. And he needs us to obey and and to follow through on what we're supposed to do. Um, He can let us know what we're supposed to do. If we actually don't follow through with it, we don't obey, then what he needs to be done is going to be either delayed or it's going to be aborted altogether. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just really important to to follow through and to obey. It's very important. And... Well, I just think that's uh, so neat. It's just a blessing that he would even consider us. I mean, you know, David said, what is man that you're mindful of him? You know, I mean, why does God even think about us? I I don't understand that. 
But, you know, not only does he think about us, he wants to include us. He wants to include us in what he's doing and let us uh, be beneficiaries of the joy and the blessing and the glory that he's releasing on the earth. It keeps you, it keeps you humble and it keeps you grateful. Definitely, definitely keeps uh, humble and grateful. Like you yeah, said, the glory will fill the heavens as the water yeah. covers the earth. Well, that's what the Lord told Moses in Numbers when uh, Moses, uh, you know, he wanted to wipe the people out. And Moses said, mm-hmm. no, you can't do that because it's going to make you look bad. And, and then God said, okay, I'm going to spare this people according to your word, Moses. But he, then he said, but nevertheless, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of God. And that was God's plan and purpose from the beginning, to fill the earth with his glory through a people. Isaiah 40, verse 5 says, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. That scripture is my my vision and my purpose. <laughs> And my motivation and my reason to breathe. I was going to ask you, Landon, what is the story behind your song, No More Blue Mondays? That song came about spontaneously. I had um, an opportunity to play at a, it was like a big Catholic celebration slash picnic that they had in Roanoke, Virginia. And we had been invited to play. And uh, I wanted to do something, some kind of blues. And uh, so we started off with that progression. That's a very common blues progression. And uh, we did it, and boom, the words just came right to me. I can't say... You know, I, I, this situation happened, and then I labored, and that song just fell out of heaven. You know, but it but it really is my testimony, because I did used to wake up in the morning with a pounding and aching in my head when I was doing drugs and uh, a drunkard, and you know, I mean, every morning I'd wake up and I'd have to do something just to get straight, because I was hurting from the abuse the night before. And, uh, you know, and I've been buried in the water. That water is the water of baptism. By the word of God. And uh, that's what changes us. That's what transforms us. But as far as any big story about that song, I needed a blues song. And that thing came to me in like three minutes, but it was coming out of my heart, so it was it was real. Beautiful, it came just came came right out of your spirit, right out of your heart, like you said, because came right out of my it, spirit. It, it's your testimony, minutes. you know. Yeah, it really is my testimony. Now, I I don't know if you've heard uh, the song on, on the the CD called "He Is There." Yeah, now that song. There have been a number of people 
that have been been saved, delivered, and filled with the Holy Ghost just listening to the CD. Uh, a friend of mine picked up a hitchhiker one time after he got No More Blue Mondays, and he put it in, and the Lord told him, don't say anything. So he gave, was riding this guy down the road. And uh, about halfway through, the guy goes, hey, man, this is jamming for Jesus. And by the end of the last song, this guy was getting delivered of demons and getting baptized in the Holy Ghost without any uh, overt human intervention. <laughs> Other than the fact my buddy picked him up. And, uh, you That's know. amazing. These songs, appointment. These songs, God created these songs to bring deliverance. And like you were talking about with Saul and David. See, David, when David would play, he would create an atmosphere. And it was an atmosphere that was so intensely heavenly that the demonic realm couldn't could not operate in in the, couldn't even stay around. They had to leave. Like you know, hey, we we can't. It's too intense right now. We can't stay here. We'll come back later, but for now, we we got to hit the road because I can't stay here. Oh, this is amazing. It just you wish you could play twenty four seven so they could stay away, right? <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that is just so Well, you know, amazing. the thing is, the Lord through, worship, that. through true worship in the Spirit, we can create that atmosphere in our own lives. And we can live in that atmosphere. You know, it just has to be nurtured. Right. We have to press into it. And, and it's pressing in. And it's focus, and it's being intentional about it. But you know, once you once you cross over, it's I tell you what, it's an awareness. It's maintaining an awareness of that atmosphere. But once you cross over, it's not hard to get back. You know, when I say get back, I'm not. It's like the spirit versus the natural. You know, we do live in a natural world. And, you know, there are things that aren't demonic, they're just natural, that are going to that are gonna pull, away, pull us away from our awareness of the spirit realm. But as we just take time and continue to press into that, we can maintain that uh that realm we can we can maintain that atmosphere to where uh we can carry it with us wherever we go we can bring that atmosphere to other places so so true that's just create that atmosphere all the time and if you know and then it's easier to get back into it i mean you know you've got to pay bills you've got to go grocery shopping you've got to you know there's things you as <laughs> I'm married. I've been married 34 years, almost 35. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I have to take out the trash. So. <laughs> but, but the thing is, uh, you know, you can actually, I mean, I've been grocery shopping and just going through the aisles, you know, worshiping in tongues and uh, right in the grocery store. You know, you can, 
the, one of my greatest prayer rooms is my car. You know, I live in a rural area, and so a lot of times I'll just get in the car and go for a drive and just be praising and, and, and speaking in tongues. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm, I'm caught up, and, and, and that atmosphere is flowing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, he inhabits the people of praise. You know, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. God is so, so good. He's just so awesome. And, and throughout your speaking today, um, talking about him and his goodness and how he's always there for you, even when you weren't there for him or when you were just, you know, straight away. Then... Well, you know, that that's when it's the hardest to believe is, you know, we all battle the flesh. And when we, and everybody's particular areas are different than the next guy, you know. But it, it's all under the same category of flesh. And you know, it's like if the enemy can't get you to just turn your back on God, uh, he'll try to make you feel unworthy, you know, where you where you don't you don't feel worthy enough to even approach God. Uh, you know, I know uh, after I got saved, loved God with all my heart. You know, a mighty soul winner, going out, winning souls in the streets all the time. And, and then I started pastoring my first church back in 1985. You know, and and it's like the enemy couldn't get me uh, to go do drugs and chase women and you know just totally live away from God. But then what he'll do is he'll try to condemn you. He'll come in on the religious route, you know. You didn't read enough. You you didn't you weren't in the Word enough today. You know you you didn't spend enough time in prayer today. You you know so it's like if he can't get you on the sin, he'll he'll try to get you on the religion, you know. But here's the deal: the same God that revealed His goodness to me when I was in the the grossest of sin has not changed. You know, and if he loved me then, well, surely he's going to love me now when I'm endeavoring to do everything I can and think and be to please him. You know, uh, you can't satisfy a spirit. You know, it's the spirit. Pray, pray more. Pray louder. You know, you need to jump. You need to jump higher. You know, <laughs> now jump on one leg. I mean, it's, you just can't satisfy a spirit. So we don't need to try. We need we need to just focus on the goodness of God and you know learn how to fight those battles in our mind that are that are trying to. Pull us out of the grace and put us into religion. Oh, that's a really good point that you make there because if he can't get us on the sin, then he's going to try to get us to feel guilty about something that we're not even uh, Yeah, about not trying. being good enough. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as long as we're trying and as long as we're, we're worshiping the Lord and, and praying, I mean, it's a lot better than it was before. Absolutely. 
Well, and the thing is, what what is it that that causes God to accept us? It's the blood. You know, I, I remember Rodney used to give a teaching uh, back in the early days. I, I met Brother Rodney at Brown in 1990 in Danville, Virginia. And uh, he had just come into that anointing, you know, the year before. And, uh, you know, he he was talking about a guy that loves God, goes and gets filled with the, the Holy Ghost and gets, uh, you know, gets born again and goes to church. And uh, then a teaching comes on and prays an hour a day. So, you know, he wants to pray an hour a day. And then, you know, he's fine with that. And then then a teaching comes on on binding the devil. You know, you got to bind the devil. Then a teaching comes on putting on the armor. You know, then you got to put on the armor. And pretty soon this guy's got four four hours of spiritual calisthenics to do before he even leaves the house every morning. And, and you know, and, and that's what the enemy does. He just lays one burden after another after another. And, and, the, what we have to do is just not take them. No, I'm not going to receive that burden. And what it says is the blood's not enough, but the blood is enough. In fact, the blood is the only thing that makes us right with God. Oh, that is so true. It's like it is, uh, yeah. It is kind of like saying the blood is not enough, you know. But it is. I mean, it covers everything. It's just perfect. Well, there's a lot of teachings and emphases in the church that really it's the blood plus. You know, whether it's spiritual disciplines, uh, feasts, or, you know, uh, there's always a new teaching coming out, you know, that this is the thing you need. That's, you know, when really, uh, really what I feel like the church needs is to go back to the basics of just loving God, hearing God, and obeying God, you know. And outside of that, everything else will work itself out. Anyway, I digress. Oh. <laughs> well, listen, I have certainly enjoyed talking to you today. I, you know, I, I would like to ask your folks that are listening to pray for us. We are We are going to New Orleans with a... A uh, team of nine people. We will get there on the 28th of February, and we will be there through Mardi Gras Day, which is uh, February the 5th, and then I'll actually be hanging around there a couple more days. And uh, then on the 8th, we are headed to Texas, my friend of mine and I, and we're going to go to Mexico for a few days to teach at a ministerial training center that a friend of mine just started. But we're believing God for a real outpouring of glory in the streets of New Orleans for those five or six days that uh, that the Lord will be glorified and that lives will be touched. Definitely. I'll definitely keep you in prayer about that, and I'm sure that our listeners who are actually all over the world listening will be praying for you about that, too. I'm just believing with you for God to be glorified and uh, souls and deliverance and healing and everything that God is about, because that's your 
that's your uh, your mission, you know, one of your missions and uh, one of your callings. And uh, it's really exciting. Yes. I'm very excited for you, and I believe that it's going to glorify him. And like you said, you've got nine people there with you now this time, and uh, before it was yeah. just you, you know. And to play yeah, five, and, and six hours not, nonstop. These are not your average Joes either. These are, These people are packing with some power. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's great. And we're also that's, that's believing awesome. God. We're, we're also believing God uh, to give us a house down there where we can establish a missionary base and uh, maintain an ongoing outreach and training uh, in New Orleans. That's just one of the places God's really put a burden on my heart for. And... Uh, so, like a missions base, right? Yes. Uh, like a like a hub in one of your one of your places, and uh, yeah, that'd be great. And you could, I believe, I believe with you, you'll get that. And uh, God does Amen. things supernaturally, and, and yeah, He's called you to that, so He's going to provide it. And sometimes yes, it's how we least expect it. Uh, sometimes yeah, it's how we least right. expect it. But I'm I'm really glad that you uh that you came on to spend time with us and share about your experiences and, and how God loved you and he loves you and how he just came to show his goodness and and love you just the way you are at the time and his goodness Amen. was the, what led you to repentance. So I'm really excited that you came on, and I'm excited for the listeners that are going to be listening to this. And oh, um, how can they get a hold of you? Do you have a Facebook page or a website or anything like that that if the people yes. want to contact uh, you, they can? I have a Facebook page. That's my personal Facebook page, but I also have we also have a ministry Facebook page, and it's called New Wave Ministries. That's three words: New Wave Ministries. If somebody wants to, uh, you know, to give to the ministry, with there's ways on the Facebook page to give. We want to hear from a lot of people. I've probably had 30 friend requests from Tampa since I was there this past week. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> I have to put mine and on actually, there, too. Actually, not just Tampa, all over the world. Because that way people can get in touch with you there. They can go to your ministry page that you were talking about, and then they can go to Facebook, which would be Landon, yes. L-A-N-D-O-N, and then Spradlin is S-P-R-A-D-L-I-N. Okay, they yes. just go to Facebook and type in your name. That is L-A-N-D-O-N, S-P-R-A-D-L-I-N. Correct. So they can check you out over there, and they can... Um, uh, where can they get your CD at? Uh, they can buy a CD on iTunes, CD okay. Baby. Uh, most of the uh, most of the normal outlets, you know. Okay, and it's called No More Blue Mondays, right? No More Blue Mondays. Yes. That's awesome. I love that song. I love them all. <laughs> and, we're, and we're working on some more songs. Oh, that's I've great. I probably have enough songs right now to do two CDs, but uh, oh, yeah, we're going to start working on them one song at a time. Right, right. I was um, going to say that, you know, behind every great man is a wonderful woman, and I 
I know that uh, your wife is wonderful. I met her. I had the pleasure of talking to her a couple of times at yes. the conference. And, you know, um, you know how God is. He just puts those people in our lives that that will compliment us and that will be Absolutely. there for us and help us. She's a helpmate, you know. And uh, She really and, uh, is. Please give her my uh, love. Sorry? Oh. She's, she is, is, I could not do anything I do if it wasn't for her. She she uh she's the she's the grease on the wheel that keeps everything running. Oh, <laughs> oh sweet. Uh, please give her my love and uh I certainly I enjoyed will. meeting her. Yeah. I enjoyed meeting her and I enjoyed meeting you and um Well both so uh, and we feel the same way. Oh, that's awesome. Are there any closing we'll thoughts that we'll, you have? Well, uh I would just like to pray for anybody sure, right now. Pray. If you're feeling, if, if, if you may be feeling isolated, you may be feeling forgotten, you may be feeling useless, you may be saying to yourself, what's the use? But I just want to tell you right now, if you're breathing, there's hope. And Jesus has a life of blessing and joy and abundance planned for you. And if if you have that need today, I just want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up people right now all over the airwaves. Lord, we send forth your word to heal them and to deliver them from destruction. We send forth the light to cause the darkness to flee. We send forth deliverance right now to break the chains of bondage. I come against drug addiction. I come against alcoholism. I come against sexual perversion. I come against depression. I come against bondage right now in the name of Jesus. And we break your power right now in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you to release your precious Holy Spirit to touch people right now, all under the sound of my voice, to touch them right now. Pour out your love. Pour out your joy. Pour out your freedom. Pour out your goodness. Now, if you want this Jesus to be the driving force of your life, I want you to join me in prayer. Say, Lord Jesus. That's it. Just say it right out loud. Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. I'm a sinner that needs a Savior. And I'm asking you to come into my life in a big way. Come into my life and take over. I give you the reins. I want you to be in charge. I confess that Jesus is Lord, that he died on a cross, that he rose again, that he could be my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life, and I yield myself to you right now.
in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I am a child of God. I am born again. I am in the family. Now, I'm going to pray for you, Father, in Jesus' name. Each one that prayed this prayer, I ask you to touch them. Do the supernatural work of regeneration. Touch their hearts. Cleanse them. Begin that supernatural connection of communication right now and lead them to a church and to a people they can connect with. And I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah, I'm excited. All of, all of heaven is celebrating right now. Those who said the prayer yes. and uh, and God has something big for their lives too, just like He did you and He does you and uh, me and everyone. I think is great. Absolutely. I'm excited for them. And you said you'll be back at some point. You're more than welcome to come on and let us know what's going on in your life. Let us know how New Orleans went and sure. Sure. Yeah, I'll call you when I get back from New Orleans. I'll call you when I get back. Actually, when I get back from Mexico, I'll let you know what's happening. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds good. I'd love to keep in touch and hear from you and uh, have you come back on the show. Beautiful. Well, hey, thank you so much for having us. Uh, And we'll be talking to you soon. Sounds great. God bless you. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Wow, this such powerful time in the Lord, hearing about Landon's testimony and how God is using him and how he's used him and the way the Lord has reached out to him. And just remember that even in our mess, God loves us, even in spite of ourselves and our own little idiosyncrasies. Just remember that God loves you no matter where you're at right now. He'll always reach out to you into your final breath. I'm glad that you joined us tonight. I'm glad you guys would be a part of this time together. And just to uh, let you know that when I'm through speaking, the song that Landon was talking about, He Is There, is going to play when I'm through speaking. Uh, But I just don't want you to miss it. I love you. God loves you. And until we meet again... May God hold you in the palm of his hand and envelop you in his love. Don't forget to stay tuned for the song. Bye.
Can you 